Are you tired of losing sales? Do you wish you had proven strategies that would help you increase your sales today, not in three months? You could Google it, but Google is in the information business. And I am in the transformation business. Welcome, Welcome. to the Snack-Sized Sales Podcast, where we will share three actionable sales strategies that you can implement in your business today to increase your sales tomorrow. This includes tactics, tips, and techniques from industry experts, influencers, and sales pros to help you shorten your learning curve and increase your bottom line. The more sales strategies we simplify for you, the shorter your sales cycle and the more money in the bank. Now your host, host, host. multi-award-winning sales expert and international speaker, Wesleyan Greer. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. Today, we have Andrea from Shift Digital, and she'll be chatting about why authenticity in marketing is so important. How are you doing today, Andrea? I'm doing great, Wesleyan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Can't wait to get into it. So let me tell you a bit about Andrea. Andrea Wolkowski is the co-owner of Shift Digital, a social and digital strategy and consulting company in New Jersey. Shift creates brand loyalty by helping marketers find their most authentic voice when talking to the customers they are trying to reach. With more than 20 years in the industry, Andrea has a keen sense of what business owners and marketers need for their businesses to thrive. She has an unhealthy obsession with 80s hair bands, lives with her husband of 19 years and two teenage kids. When she's not working, she enjoys being anywhere near our ocean and traveling around the world with her family. I love it. 20 years in marketing. So you're not just somebody who hung a shingle two or three years ago and said, I want to start this. You've been doing this for a while. I've been doing it this a long time. (laughs) Tell us, how did you get into this? How did you start? So, and it's actually been really 20 years in sales. I've been in marketing probably maybe 17. And so I'll take you back right when I graduated college. And this is really interesting because I graduated with a degree in healthcare. I was in medical records and I had a degree that took me into working for a hospital So I graduated college, I won't tell you what year, but I graduated (laughs) on a Friday and on Monday morning, I walked into a hospital as um, an assistant director of medical records and I was an assistant director. So I had 13 people reporting to me. I was 22 years old. I was 48 hours out of college and I started a, you know, a career in healthcare. And that's where I thought I was going to be. And typical Andrea, I am impulsive and I get bored easily. And maybe it has to do with being a Gemini. But (laughs) after about eight months, I decided that I wanted to be the boss. I was bored and I wanted more. And I realized that my boss wasn't going anywhere. So I got a job as a director of medical records at another healthcare facility. And I started working with risk management and the legal team. And I said, I'm going to go to law school. So I left after two years and I went to law school and I did that for a year. And then I decided law school wasn't for me. (laughs) Not the thing. (laughs) Wasn't my thing. And so I left law school after a year and I got a job in sales. And this is really where my career started. So Aetna, it was Aetna US Healthcare at the time. They take these 
very young, brand new, entry-level wannabe salespeople, and they train the hell out of you. They send you to Bluebell, Pennsylvania for a month. You just leave your family, you leave your life, and you come back as a trained salesperson. And that started my sales career. And they really teach you products, services, overcoming objections, how to deal with people, how to listen, just really how to be a rock star salesperson. And I, yeah. I walked out of there feeling like everything that I learned in college, all my healthcare experience, everything that I wanted to do in the legal space went out the window. I wanted to be in sales. That was mm. it. <laughs> and so that you would love that. I knew you would I love, love it. that story. I did not know this about you. I love this. Yeah. So that was that was kind of how I got into sales. That was probably around 1999-ish. And after I left Aetna, I started working for a recruitment advertising agency for about five years. And then I started working for a creative marketing agency. And that's how I got into marketing and advertising. But I was always on the sales side of it. I always had this focus of bringing in the business of understanding what marketers needed from an agency. And I always kind of had a, a little bit of a different vantage point because I was always on the front lines, having the ability to hear and listen to what they wanted and then be able to support their needs with the agencies that were behind me. That is an amazing story. I love that. I had no clue that you went to school to be in healthcare. I mean, never in a billion years. And then you said, I want to try this. I want to try that. Then that didn't work out. <laughs> and I tell people that the 18-year-old brain cannot imagine what it wants to do for the rest of your life. So you go to school, you get a degree, and college teaches you how to think. So you are actually a salesperson at heart. Oh, person after my own heart. I love it. Looking to um, spirits. And the thing that I really love is since you're a salesperson at heart, but you do marketing, you think about everything through a sales lens, right? The biggest issue I would say I have with classic marketers is they only think about very one dimensional, right? It's only bring in, bring in, bring in. We don't care about conversion. We don't care about this. We don't care about that. But you are really thinking about that. And that's why you're talking about authenticity. So give us your first tip on authenticity. Absolutely. So one of the things that I have learned over the years, and anytime you talk to me, you will hear authenticity. And I think people are starting to identify Andrea with authenticity is that if you don't have authenticity in marketing, then people aren't going to resonate with the story that you're telling. It's not going to feel authentic. It's not going to feel real. It's not going to feel like it's something that people want to listen to, that message, right? It's all about what are you trying to say to people and how are they going to react to it? And if there isn't that authentic emotional connection where it feels like you're actually speaking to me, it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. So that number one tip that I would say is that your message needs to resonate with the people that are hearing it. Is it what you want to say to them or is it what they want to hear? And it sometimes doesn't matter what you want to say to them. It has mm -hmm. to be what they want to hear. You need to tailor your message to what the audience needs to hear if you want to sell your products and services to them. So tell me if somebody is, because most people, they don't think about that, right? They think about me, 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 why I'm so great, but they really never think about the other side of the table. So how would somebody just start on that journey to figure out what they want to hear, what the audience actually wants to hear? 
Well, so did you ever hear of the term, the voice of the customer? Uh, that That's a term I've heard. Where did you hear that from? <laughs> I heard it from none other than... <laughs> So if you don't understand the voice of your customer, you can't market to them. So how do you get the voice of your customer? You talk to them, right? You do research, you do surveys, you do one-on-one interviews, and you ask them, what do they need from you as a brand? What do they want and expect from you as a brand? It's less about, do you like my product and service? But it's more about what emotional decision-making process do you go through when choosing to use me versus somebody else? And when you can tap into that emotion, then as a marketer, you can use some of that language as you're starting to put your campaigns out. And now you're using the voice of your customer in your marketing message. I love that. So a lot of times, you know, we're scared. Should I ask the customer for feedback? Ah, do they like it? Do they not like it? But just pull the bandaid off and ask them. Otherwise, you're not going to know what they're thinking, what they're feeling, why they made the decision to even go with you in the first place. And you need that to direct your marketing. So what's your second tip? Well, and I'll just add to that point, it's always important when you're talking about the voice of the customer to talk to your customers and your non-customers, right? You want to you understand not only the people that are actually using your products and services right now, but you also want to talk to the people that aren't. Why aren't they using you? Because if you can understand both sides of that, you're going to get some of those really good nuggets to make some good informed decisions. That'll help inform and impact what you do. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good one. Talk to the ones who said, no, thank you. I went with your competitor. Why? Why did you go with the competitor? Figure that out. Absolutely. And sometimes it has nothing to do with marketing. Sometimes it could just, it could be an operational issue, right? We're going to talk about a case study down the road, but we did a customer research set for a fertility clinic last year. And the issues that were uncovered were operational. So marketing was getting patients to pick up the phone and make appointments. But midway through, the nursing staff was not being very responsive. They weren't being very kind on the phone. And so patients weren't calling again. That's not a marketing issue, but at least now they understand why people weren't continuing down the journey in the sales funnel, right? Yeah. You know, one thing that I say, and I truly believe it, when I work with organizations, I tell that business owner, that CEO, everyone in this company is a salesperson. Whether you're selling externally or internally, you have to remember. So as a nurse or the operations person, my internal customer is the marketing department who actually made that call, right? And so if you think in that mindset, I'm in this job to serve, I'm not here just to collect my paycheck, it actually helps the full organization. I love that. Yeah, for sure. All right. So tip number two, your marketing assets need to be consistent. They need to be relevant and they need to be focused. So Mm. let's break that down a little bit more. Is your message clear? Is it consistent across all the channels that you're touch pointing to your customers? Does it represent who you are as a business? Are you spending time on channels that actually align with your target audience? You'll never find me on Facebook for Shift. You'll find me personally on Facebook, right? If we're friends, you'll find me there. But you're not going to find Shift there because my audience, marketers of mid-sized businesses, 
they do not want to hear about my business on Facebook. So I'm not going to spend my time there. Right. But on LinkedIn, that's where I'm going to be. So, and any message that you're going to hear from me is going to be consistent on my website or in email. So you need to make sure that it's relevant, it's on the right channel, and it's consistent across the board. And that also ties in with that authenticity, right? What you see is what you get across the board, and you know that it is just that honest, authentic communications. That's good. I feel, I find a lot of companies, they spread themselves so thin. They're like, I have to be everywhere. Now Clubhouse is a thing. And everybody's like, oh, I want to get on Clubhouse. I want to get on Clubhouse. And it's like, but who is your avatar? Is your avatar on there? And do they find that valuable? If not, don't use that or TikTok or whatever, right? Like think about what your ideal audience is. And I love what you said, be consistent. Like on Facebook, they're going to find you talking about your kids, talking about your family, no business talk, right? But if they go on maybe Twitter or LinkedIn, it's the same. And that is so, so important because sometimes people will be one way on one platform and something else. And it even comes down to what their assets look like, right? Like your logo, like all these little things people don't even think about. They don't. And it starts very, very slowly starts to dilute your brand. And you don't even realize it, right? It starts to chip away and it starts to dilute your brand. And that is the last thing that you want. You want to have a strong, consistent, relevant brand across all your channels. And you really want it to represent who you are because you never know where people are going to find you. You don't know what channels they're going to find you on. So be in the channels that make sense for your business and just be strong there and be consistent. I love it. And you know, one thing is anytime, it really doesn't matter where I am or what I'm doing, but anytime anybody says the word authentic, I automatically think of you. Like literally, because that is how much (laughs) you are so consistent with your branding and what you say, how you introduce yourself. It's like authentic equals Andrea. I love it. Thank you. So what is your third tip for us? Okay, so the third one kind of ties into what we had just said in the second is that you don't have to be everywhere. Be where it's important for you and your business. There are hundreds of different channels out there and mediums that you could be on. It doesn't mean that they're right for you. If you want to stand out from the crowd, you need to find a way to differentiate yourself. You need to find a way to fill the white space for yourself. There's a lot of digital marketing companies. There's a lot of sales coaches. How are you going to find a way to differentiate differentiate yourself and stand out in the white space in the sea of what everybody else is doing. And that doesn't mean that you need to be everywhere. It just needs means you need to be in the place that you're going to be able to make the most impact and you do the best there. And I do find that people, they spend a lot of time thinking and spending a lot of resources feeling like they have to be everywhere just because there's Twitter and Snapchat and you know Pinterest. And just because they're there, they have to be there because maybe they're competitive competitors are there, but you know what? Their competitors might be doing, they might be killing it on Twitter. That doesn't mean that you need to be because that doesn't mean that you have the resources to be tweeting four or five times a day. It doesn't mean that your audience is there. Even if you sit in the same space, your value prop is different. Your messaging is different. I guarantee you a little bit of your service line is different. So that means that, like you said, your avatar is slightly different, which means that that channel might not be right for you. And so a little bit of time spent upfront in doing a social and digital audit to understand what your competitors are doing, to understand what's working, where that engagement is, so you can really hone in to find that authenticity for yourself is going to kind of come back, you know, tenfold down the road for you. 
So what is, and I, I threw a term out and I am very, very conscious about using um, industry not words that people don't understand. So I just mentioned avatar. So uh, what can you do two things for me? One, define what is an avatar and how can somebody take kind of like that first step to figure out where their avatar is showing up online? So, I mean, I don't use that term very often, it, to be honest with you. What, what I usually do is talk to somebody about understanding, make sure you understand who your customer is. Hmm. Who are you trying to target? Okay, so you're, I mean, I was having a conversation today with um, a very large global technology company. They've got multiple verticals. One of their verticals is education. They're going to be wanting to do some voice of the customer research specifically to IT folks in education. So as as we start to talk about IT folks in education, we're going to really start to hone in on who are these people? What is their title? Where do they hang out online? What industry resources are they reading? Who's influencing their decisions? And we're going to start to get a little bit more understanding of those IT folks that are making decisions in education, because if they're going to be purchasing technology from this company or their competitors, we need to understand that audience, right? So I don't talk so much about the avatar, but I do talk about diving in and understanding who your customer is. And I think when you can kind of sit down and figure that out, like I know who my marketer is. I know I want to talk to marketers of mid-sized businesses. I can tell you what their challenges are. I can tell you what they look for in agencies. I can tell you why they look for agencies. I can tell you why they don't like using agencies because of <laughs> you know how they've gotten burned in the past. And I can use that as I start to talk to them down the road because I understand those challenges that they have. That's going to help me as I start to market to them down the road. Right. I love this. So what I really heard you say, and a lot of times when people say, oh, I'm uh, in the B2B space, so I sell to other businesses. What we fail to realize is that there's a person that is actually making that decision. Right. And so going through all those layers and realize, OK, who's a person that I need to be targeting? Who is that customer who's going to sign that purchase order? Who's going to approve this actual purchase? So it's, oh, you're always marketing to a person, right? And it's never, that person never makes a decision individually. Yes. Right? They're influenced by other people, both in their ecosphere at work, they're influenced at home, they're influenced by what they read online. And you need to understand all of that. Again, as we talk about the voice of the customer, you can get all of that when you do that type of research. You can understand all of that and use that as you start to market. That will help you be more authentic as you market to them. Yeah. And, you know, when I, talk to people about the sales piece, it's really like, okay, you have the person who is your internal champion, but you have like a whole team of influencers. And then you have the decision maker, right? And so you have to think about that whole ecosphere and you need to market to all of them, right? Absolutely. So it's so complex, the more you peel back the onion, when you do marketing right, <laughs> right? It's really about understanding the customer and their needs. So tell us That's about right. a instance or a story where you have had a customer that started from nothing and was really successful in working with you. So um, I started to tell you last, uh, well, I was going to say last week, it was like three <laughs> minutes ago. 
Um, I was just starting to tell you about this fertility clinic that we were working with. And that research was really important because they were starting to do a new campaign to patients. They really wanted to start to increase the amount of patients that were coming in the door. Now, a lot of what happened with them kind of got thrown up in the air because as the campaign was getting to launch, COVID hit. But we did start the research and build the campaign right before COVID happened. And what came out of the research was a lot of understanding about some operational issues that they were able to start to figure out because the office had to close due to COVID. And so it actually kind of worked out pretty well for them. But what happened was we spoke to patients that went through the fertility clinic and had a successful outcome, meaning they had a baby. They went halfway through the fertility clinic program and they bowed out midway through. And maybe they had one phone call and then they never came back. And we had all of these um, people's names and we were able to anonymously, you know, speak to them and understand what happened, what, what was the process, what were they looking for, and really dive in. And we did uncover a lot of operational issues that we were able to bring back to them. But what we did find out was patients that are going through this issue are, they're emotionally fried, they are embarrassed. They are sad. They are frustrated. They are afraid. And we were able to use some of that language in some of our marketing. Don't let fear hold you back. You weren't meant to be a mom, but with the weren't crossed out, you were meant to be a mom. So we were able to use some of that language. So now I'm driving, you know, my car and I see a billboard and there's a big sign that says you weren't meant to be a mom, but it actually says you were meant to be a mom. It's now tapping into my emotions and I'm able to use that language because it actually came from a patient. Mm, Right? Really, really good stuff. So when you can kind of tap into the emotion and use that, you get some really, really good campaign stuff. Um, So that's on the research side. And then I'll just tell you two very quick case studies that are more tactical because we do a lot of tactical stuff as well outside of the strategic and the tactical execution. Sometimes you can see a little bit faster. We had a client come to us in September. They asked us to launch a scholarship campaign for them. There was two sides of it. One is creative and one was marketing and promotion. They signed off on the creative. They did not sign off on the marketing and promotion. So we said, okay, we can create a great campaign for you, but if you're not going to pay us to actually do the promotion of it, it's going to be really hard for us to find success for you. What's your goals? They said, we want 100 applications. We created the campaign. Four weeks in of their organic work, because we didn't do any of it, they had 26 applications and then they stalled. Ah, So what did they do? Came on back to you. They came on back to us. (laughs) Came on back. So we implemented a PR campaign and a search engine marketing campaign. And in four weeks, we got them to 102 applications. Wow. That's Four amazing. Weeks. So you exceeded their expectations. So what I really liked about that first case study was that not only were you able to direct your marketing based on the feedback of the customers, you also uncovered issues within the organization. And so a lot of times we think, oh, it's sales, it's marketing, but it can be back office stuff, right? It could be just the person answering the phone and not transferring it to the right extension. And so you were able to help their marketing campaign, but help their operations in back office, which is in turn going to help increase their conversions and their sales. I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) So do you have a free gift to share with the audience? 
I do. So what I would offer to anybody is to offer a free consulting, you know, 15, 20 minutes to help you find your most authentic voice. So after this, we will post a Calendly link so you can find some time on my calendar and we'll go through what your current marketing efforts are and we'll see if there's ways that we can uncover the gaps in your marketing to help you be more authentic in your efforts. I love that. And like I said, authenticity is Andrea. Whenever she shows up, whatever she says, I listened to a whole presentation that she did and I got so many golden nuggets. So please, please take her up on this offer. Find your most authentic voice in 20 minutes. You'll leave with so many things that you can do and execute on. Thanks so much, Andrea. And you said you tell you direct people to the best platform. So what is the best way to get in touch with you? So for me, I'm always on LinkedIn. You can find me at Andrea Wolkowski there. But honestly, email is the best way to find me. I'm at Andrea at partnerwithshift.com. And that's shift with a Y. And our website is partnerwithshift.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of those golden nuggets and that wisdom with us, Andrea. Thank you for having me. Thanks, guys, for joining us for another episode of the Snack Size Sales Podcast. And remember to subscribe, like, and share with all your friends. And in everything that you do, transform your sales. Thank you for joining us today on the Snack Sized Sales Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave us a review. Learn how to continue increasing your bottom line by getting simplified sales strategies delivered to your inbox weekly by going to www.snacksizedsales.com. Trust me. Your bank account will grow and love you.